Hello, friends. This week's episode is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you're looking for beautifully curated Catholic home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, and other gifts, look no further than House of Joppa. Each product is designed to draw you deeper into your faith and help you fall more in love with Christ and His church. Whether you are looking for something for yourself or a special gift for a friend, head over to their website in the show notes. My personal favorite is their aquamarine rosary bracelet that I wear just about every day. And I also love their paper goods. They have beautiful greeting cards that I love giving to my friends. And their prayer cards, like the Sacred Heart and JP2, are my favorites. Abiding Together listeners will receive 15% off their purchase at checkout with discount code ABIDE15. That's one word, ABIDE15. Check out the link to their website in the show notes or head over to houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim, and we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we are taking a little by little step as we get closer to Lent. And so this episode, we're going to talk about prayer and the power of prayer and just how we pray and how do you pray and just praying without ceasing. So we just prayed before we prayed this episode because, you know, that's what you need to... We've learned our lesson when we don't do that, I think. We have. And also, I thought it was really funny because you were just, we were just talking about how we've had other episodes on prayer and, you know, what if people were like, they talk about prayer too much. And we're like, well, it's kind of our thing. <laughs> you know, this Jesus guy, he's kind of our guy. We want to talk to him a lot, you know. You guys really do the thing. So, how yeah. are we, ladies? Michelle, how are you, dear? Oh, I'm a little crabby, but I'm fine. And so <laughs> I think we all are. We're like, grr, grr. we're recording it Monday morning. We're all a little crabby, but you know, um, Jesus is still Lord. So we're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there real you go. Life, people. Life. Yep. There you go. I do have to say, Heather, that you have a beautiful canvas like picture of the Pacific Northwest forest behind you, which is absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaks of your homeland. Sister, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true. That's true. All right, dear friends. Well, for our episode today, we're going to take the passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to talk about some catechism quotes and we're going to dive in from there. So it says, He was praying, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John taught his disciples. And that's where the Lord speaks of the Our Father uh, that we commonly know as the Our Father. And if you, uh, I know many of you are doing Father Mike Schmitz's uh, Catechism in a year, in which you're going to find this tremendously beautiful. But the Catechism is full of so many wonderful, wonderful, you know, wis- so much wisdom and so much beauty, and the truth of our faith, which is why it's such a bedrock uh, upon which we can open our hearts. And there's a wonderful section on prayer in the Catechism. You may have not known that, but if well, I'm going to just kind of jump into Catechism. Catechism 2697. So if you have your catechism, you can um, open it to that, or you can check this out later. 
but it says this, and this is our church. So for all the things we have, you know, ideas we might have about our church, like the, the church is, is a mother and she's inviting us to pray. And Catechism 2697 says, prayer is the life of the new heart. It ought to animate us at every moment, but we tend to forget him who is our life and our all. That is why the fathers of the spiritual life in the Deuteronomic and prophetic traditions insist that prayer is a remembrance of God often awakened by the memory of the heart. We must remember God more often than we draw our breath, they say. But we cannot pray at all times if we do not pray at specific times. So we're going to talk about that. Consciously willing it, these are the special times of Christian prayer, both in intensity and duration. So I, I maybe we could start to speak about, Heather, you want to open us up with the first sentence that says, prayer is the life of the new heart. What do you think about that? Oh, you know, prayer is something that has evolved and grown, changed, you know, various stages and seasons of life, and it's taken on new forms. But yeah. That doesn't that just get right to it. It is about the heart. It's a heart-to-heart connection with God. And although we might sometimes pray prayers that are written down for us or, you know, rosary or whatever it might be, or they might just be like things that we're thinking about, it really is about two hearts connecting. Jesus is a real person. The Father is a real person. The Holy Spirit is a real person. And it's hearts connecting together. And so that, that changes things for me when I'm remembering, oh, this is what it's all about, my heart connecting to the heart of God, it changes how I speak to him and what I speak to him about. Because sometimes I can be quite frivolous with my prayers, you know, just shooting off like little things here and there, rushing through, you know, my rosary or whatever it might be. Uh, But connecting to the heart, yeah, that, that changes things for me. How about you, Michelle? Yeah, I think prayer evolves and it changes. And as each of us are unique individuals, so our prayer are unique and individual. Like some of the great saints and mystics like St. Catherine of Siena, she said the Lord forms and teaches people how to pray according to who who he's made them to be. And each soul is very different and unique. So I think it's often one of the pitfalls, we, which we'll get into probably later in the podcast, is, well, this person prays this way. Maybe I should be praying this way. This person prays this way. And I like how the catechism says it comes from the heart. Heart. And the Lord formed your heart and he formed your being and you're unique. You're an image bearer of him. But when he formed you, like I think when we think about it, like the God of the universe um, had us in mind before the beginning of time to be in relationship with us. And prayer is just the language that we use to communicate with him to talk to the lover of our souls. As I've journeyed just more into attachment theory and a little brain science and all that, I think for me, like my prayer has shifted in the last couple of years of what does it mean for me to be fully attached to the Trinity as Father, Son, Holy Spirit? And then what is it for me to have the mind of Christ and for him to transform my mind, which he is doing? But I think for us, it has to come from the heart. Our prayer can't just be lip service or just for, we can't read things just for education or just, it has to be transformation. The goal is transforming us into the image and likeness of Christ. And the goal is union, just to, mm-hmm. for all of us to be together. Mm-hmm. What about you, sister? Yeah, I, I love the further down the list in the Catechism 2709, St. Teresa of Avila, you know, she talks about contemplative prayer and infused prayer. And she said, Contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. Mm -hmm. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. And I was just thinking of even just, you know, we've all had conversations and like even now it's like easy to kind of 
be present and then go out of it. We start thinking about other things and we've all had conversations with people who are physically there, but not, they're not listening and they're distracted or, and you can, you, you're saying it with your mouth, but you're like looking at the person. You're like, you're not, you're not listening to what I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. and we've all done that with the Lord. Like we show up and we kind of, I've even used this phrase. Like I quote unquote got my prayer in today. I'm like, Oh geez. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, mm. I get it. But also at the same time of, the heart to heart. And it's always, we're always learning, uh, we, you know, to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray. Like, Lord, teach me how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Teach, open my heart, bring my heart to you. And we talk about the traditions that we have in our faith of vocal prayer, of mental prayer and contemplative prayer. And, and like you said, Michelle, and both of you, both of you have said that it's the, the goal is union. It's not this, I, if I recite the prayer just this way, then I'll get this. That's more of like superstition, but the goal is union. Like, the, the goal of conversation, even like say to the gate today with each other is union. And so that is always the goal of the Lord bringing us into to deeper union. And so it is, it is through prayer that we learn the, the heart of the other and we engage our own hearts. And I, I just appreciate how the catechism keeps going back to that, which is biblical language of it's the heart that prays. It's the heart mm-hmm. that matters. It's their lips say one thing, but their hearts are far from me. And, mm-hmm. and don't we know what that's like? So the Lord is bringing us, you know, literally heart to heart with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scripture, I had just pulled it up, sister, that you just referenced mm-hmm. there, Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their mm-hmm. worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. And I don't think that the Lord is saying, you know, don't <laughs> don't pray in ways that you've been taught, you know, or whatever, but it is more than just the prayers. It's more than just mm-hmm. what we say. It's more than just like where we put our attention, you know, of just like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in my time right now and I'm going to say these particular prayers. It's really, yeah, getting to the heart of the matter. And I just had this experience last weekend. I was in Michigan and they have this beautiful adoration chapel. I mean, like, have you, have you guys been in there at Christ I the King? Oh yeah. 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 So it's like a huge monstrance and like, the host is huge in the middle and it's not that big of a room. So it's really quite like striking, you know? So I was sitting in the chapel and I was like, Lord, you know, just bless so-and-so who's struggling so much. And I'm just like pouring out my heart. I am heart, heart, you know, talking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm like telling him all the things, all the people I'm praying for and whatever. And, And then at one point I just felt like he said, Heather, I hear you, but can we talk about this? And he just like sort of put his finger on something Mm -hmm. in my heart. Just mm-hmm. this place that I need to be loved. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I just, I was like, okay, let's go there. Right. And I'm like trying to focus and I'm like, Lord, and I'm trying to like think of all the things that have caused me pain in that area. And I'm like, I'm bringing this to you, Jesus, and just come with your healing hands. And then all of a sudden I would float back up to the top and be like distracted mm. and kind of like, oh, back to, oh, also, like I forgot, can you also bless so and so? And this is going on. And he's like, Heather, I hear you. Can we go back down there again? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And then we'd be like, go back, go back down again. Mm -hmm. But it actually took me standing up and putting my hand on my heart to help me Mm -hmm. pray, to help me connect Mm -hmm. to this place in my heart. And I just stood there before Jesus and I just, yeah, then, then it really took a different, it took it to a different place. And so I guess what I'm getting to is our distractions and all of that are normal. What can we do even in our physical body that will promote this heart-to-heart connection. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's silence, obviously. It's like a big one. But sometimes we need to kneel down. Sometimes we need to get out of our comfy chair. I love the comfy chair with the blanket and the coffee and like, Jesus, let's Mm -hmm. just cozy up. Oh, for sure. Like that's my favorite. And sometimes that works really well, but sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. and I'm getting distracted. So sometimes I need to lay down. 
like on my face. Sometimes I need to kneel down. Sometimes I need music or something that's just going to like take the distractions out for me. That by music bypasses all of my head stuff and mm-hmm. gets me into my heart really, really fast. So for me, that's an avenue that I can go to really quickly to connect with the heart of God. But other people are different and they're like, no way. Like I just need absolute silence. Like that's the only way I can connect Mm -hmm. to God. So I'm curious for you both, what's your quickest avenue to get to the heart of God in general, whether it be posture or environment or? Hmm, That's a great question. I mean, I think first for me, like it's first thing in the morning by far is like the first fruits, first, yeah, fruit every morning for me. And it's usually coffee, bed, like come back in, I sit in my bed and then I pray. For me, I've also incorporated just because this is the season that the Lord has me in for right now is to really learn a lot more about, like I've said before, like my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So really, like you were saying, to pray completely, like with my body, spirit, and soul. So a lot of times I will actually get out and sit on my like little mat, exercise mat, and then um, I breathe and do breath work, you know, and I breathe in the Holy Spirit and I breathe out any anxiety and I breathe in the Holy Spirit. And that calms me, especially if there's a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. in my morning or my thoughts are racing. Like Mm -hmm. I know I have, if I know my thoughts are racing, I know I need to get really into my body really quickly. And so I do breath work and just breathe in and breathe out because he's Ruha and that's how humans were created is through breath, the breath of the Holy Spirit. And one thing I also have learned to do, though, just as I have a like a little side pad that like I'm a big journaler. For me, I journal and write almost a, a lot of my prayers every morning and just what the Lord is speaking or saying or what how I processing things. But I have a little society like to do pad. And if a thought comes in, I just write it down on there. Like, I mean, everything from like buy milk or, you know, need to cancel this subscription, like whatever you got to do. Like, but there's something about me just taking like the two seconds, write it down, put, and then I can focus again. And it's not like this lingering thing. Will I remember this or this will come back? And so it's just this little practical thing that I have that I do. For me, it's really good as to put guardrails to my day. Like there's certain um, traditions of the church I start like, and, and, and they change season to season. That's the beautiful thing. We're a church of seasons and our, you know, we know what we need in different seasons and we're in different seasons of life and with kids and marriage or not with kids and marriage, like your, your seasons change. So your prayer evolves or transforms in different seasons. Like, so for this season, daily mass is one of my first things in the morning and usually examine and gratitude is my last thing in the evening. Like those are my guardrails for the day. And I know like, okay, whatever else happens in the middle of the day, at least I have the beginning and the end bookend really well. So yeah, that's for mine. What about you, sister? Well, I think uh, just the particular gift of being a religious sister and living in a convent, our life is ordered around prayer. And so in living with other people as well, it's just really important because even to the days you don't feel like, you know, keeping that hour, you know, you're going to do it because there's other people doing it. So it's really important. I, I'm a morning person too. So for me early in the morning with coffee and just total silence and it is breathing, it's the surrender novena, Jesus, you know, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. It's bringing to the Lord, whatever's on my heart and listening as well. I think it's easy mm-hmm. for us to go off on a monologue exactly. <laughs> and not to listen. Like, what is that? Like the, People talk about the R, like the R, the R, like pirate prayer of like acknowledge, relate, <laughs> receive, and respond. You know where you're bringing something to the Lord and you're relating to Him, and then you're then you're receiving from Him as well and responding. And our bodies do matter. Like our bodies do matter. Even sometimes, you know, when we go to mass, we make jokes as Catholics about oh, we kneel and we stand, and there's there's a reason why we do all of that. 
mm-hmm. and there is an appropriate posture to worship and why we do what we do. It's really beautiful when you study the liturgy. And so like what we do with our bodies, because we're corporeal, it really does matter. And mm-hmm. I just think of like, we're dedicated to the rosary. So we pray the rosary, at least one rosary every day. And so like, which is a combination of many things of vocal prayer, but also mental and contemplative prayer. And so yeah, but I, for me, many times it's just like really honest discussion with the Lord, like, Lord, I need you, or I, I don't understand this, or please open my heart, or a scripture passage, or, you know, we read the readings for Mass every day. So it, it's all those things, you know, which is, yeah, it, it's, it is our life. And so I, I'm just curious. I wonder, because a lot of times people look at me like, oh my gosh, you're a nun, like you're supposed to say that. But I'm just wondering for the two of you, especially you have you have kids that are grown now, but I can't tell you how many mamas I meet. And I'm sure you do too of like, they've got little kids, like one, two, three, four, five little kids. And they used to do the holy hour and they used to do the, all that. And they're like, I don't even feel like I could pray anymore. I feel like a bad person. Could you guys talk about that of like what that's like to have littles and what is it like to be a woman, a mama who can pray still? Like, can you just help our listeners? <laughs> like going back to those days. Wow. Yes, it looked very different. And I remember the guilt I felt for not being mm-hmm. able to take my proper hour of prayer time that I used to take when I was a young adult with no commitments. <laughs> nobody nobody pulling on, you know, my pant leg or whatever it might be. And um, I remember feeling so guilty that I couldn't get in that time. And then it just slowly I felt the Lord just like showing me, oh, here's little moments that we can connect. So I remember being up in the middle of the night often with babies sitting in the little rocking chair in their room trying to rock them back to sleep or feed them. And I would just, that's when I would just start talking to the Lord or I would, instead of just singing a lullaby, I would sing a song to Jesus. I would just sing it mm-hmm. like in the room, just quietly over the kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and to the heart of Jesus, because gosh, we desperately need him. And I'm like, Lord, please, because something bad might happen to this child. If you don't intervene right now, I'm so <laughs> tired, you know, like we were just like at your wits and, and you're like, Lord, I need you. But, but yeah, like those, those simple expressions started to become everything for me. And I think that's when I learned the real conversational relationship with God, because I couldn't always get like this big block of time. And that, that is ideal. And I think we should try as hard as we can to get that into our day, like a set aside time. But that's where the conversational relationship was born from for me in my own relationship. And then that helped me teach my kids that same style. So then I started to bring Jesus kind of into everything. So yes, it's the grace and it's like the normal things you want them to know. But it was also like when we would go to school in the morning and we would always have a prayer time on the way to school and there were certain things we did, put on the armor of God and I would teach them the prayer and and we would say it together every morning and we would say St. Michael the Archangel prayer, but we would also what are you what are you grateful for this morning mm-hmm. let's just like talk about what god is doing so grateful because that's also really important that's really grounding for kids mm-hmm. you know i mean there's so much research on this like how gratitude can really combat depression and anxiety and just like looking outside of ourselves and being able to notice like how god is blessing us so i think cultivating gratitude in kids and offering those prayers of gratitude is really key yeah that's the first few thoughts anyway michelle how about you yeah and i think i've told this mentioned this on the podcast before. I mean, I remember after my firstborn, when people asked me like, six kids, how, you know, how'd you do it? I was like, number one was hard. The first one, because you've never done it before. I was like, one was hard for me. And then three was a little challenging. And then everything after that was just crazy anyway. So you're like, just jump on into the chaos. <laughs> and so, but I remember going to confession after I had my first child and confessing being tired and the priest looking at me and said, this is innocent. I was like, but it feels like it because I 
I'm so tired. I can't function. Like, I really mm-hmm. felt like it because I was like, this is insane. Like, nobody was sleeping. And, and I was like, now I can tell, understand why sleep to be- deprivation is a form of terrorist torture. You know, like, you're just like, oh, my goodness. And the beautiful wise priest said, you've been praying as a single woman, and you need to learn the Lord is teaching you right now to pray as a married and woman and a mother. And that is going to look different in this season. Mm-hmm. And like you were, Heather, like being up with babies in the middle of the night, people ask me, how did you learn how to start interceding, like praying for other people, like deep intercession? Mm-hmm. And it was up in the middle of the night. You know, because this is a time like this is how old we are. This is a time like we didn't have cell phones that had Internet on it. We didn't have like you couldn't. There was nothing like there was nothing. We didn't have Netflix when mine were that little. I mean, you couldn't wake up and watch anything like it was a very quiet time. It was me in a rocking chair a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and just up in the middle of the night. So that became such a sweet time of intimacy between me and the Lord and him teaching me Mm -hmm. some things and realizing also like when teaching your kids, each kid is different. And we go back to what the catechism says, like the Holy Spirit is the teacher and the master of interior life. Like even the scripture says, Lord, teach us to pray. We are always and constantly a student. Mm -hmm. And like even John Paul II says, like we need to put ourselves in the school of prayer. Like everything is a school. So when none of us are experts in this and the Lord is constantly teaching us in this season. But what works for one season, like teaching my little kids to pray, like Heather, we did very similar things like the armor of God before they leave. We do a lot of gratitude. Gratitude still. Gratitude's a big one in our house, too. But when they get older, is teaching them Lexio. Like, what do they hear mm-hmm. in Scripture? What do they... And I'm always amazed at mm-hmm. their revelations. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is the biggest thing, especially in prayer and family prayer, is intentionality, mm-hmm. is making sure there's a time and a space to really pray. It doesn't just happen, whether it's with your spouse or with your kids. It's intentional. And it doesn't have to be, and I think one of the biggest pitfalls I came, it has to be a lot of things or it has to be elaborate. No, 10 minutes. (laughs) Keep it simple. It's just really good. And like my husband and I know like in this season, we have started journeying again with another couple locally and we go through different books. But and it's just simple. Like it is and some of the things we've heard before, but we really love it. And we hear it in a new way the next time. But it's that intentional conversation like that we are discussing. That's an intentional, you know, communication that we have. And it also means an intentional date night that we get to go out, which I always mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So it is in the intention. And it's just making that time because if we go back to what we were saying earlier, like it's union. He's a lover. Like so you want to make like, hey, at 10 o'clock, you and I are talking, you and me. And every kid will respond to Jesus differently also and oh, yeah. relate to him differently. So it, it's it, for me, it was a process of like, hey, do you want to try this? Do you want to try this? Like trying to help them go like experience different types of prayer to see what was really good for them, what really worked for them. Like my Eva is such an artist. It's like beauty is big for her. That's yeah. She needs to get outside. And when she's in a funk and when she's like struggling or whatever, I'm like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to get outside? Like that's that's where she's gonna connect with God and mm-hmm. and really experience like his presence through mm-hmm. beauty. Whereas, you know, Maria is a scripture girl just from when she was a little kid. She got this Bible from her godfather. It was a very specific one. I'll put it in the show notes because I know everybody's going to ask which one it is. Anyway, she knows like the Old Testament stories better than, way better than I do. And that's mm-hmm. still how God speaks to her a mm-hmm. lot is through scripture. And and they all had rosaries in their bed, like Judah, rosary in his bed, always. Like if you wake up in the night, if you feel afraid, like this is such an easy go-to. It also help you get back to sleep maybe, you know, to get your mind, mm-hmm. like just sort of calm down. 
So I think every kid is different and exploring those different things and not being afraid to explore. Mm-hmm. Even through art, like Michelle, you led us through a beautiful art prayer, like oh, yeah. as adults, that was really powerful. Like it went bypassed a lot of things and went to the heart of the matter. So yeah, I think there's just so many ways to explore. But again, it's like, how can we get connected with Jesus? Because our kids just knowing what to do or like saying the right prayer or showing up for the right devotion, it's not enough. It's a good way to start, but it can't end there. It can't be the goal is to just get it done, like you said, mm-hmm. sister. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Those are such great ideas and also so so true. And I I, I just was thinking, I'm, like, I'm just great. Talk about grateful. I'm just grateful the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways. Like, it's mm-hmm. just so lovely. Like, there's really nothing that he's not saying, I want to connect with you here. Like, I want to bring you into my life here. And I was thinking even, I know uh, Dr. Bob Schutz talks about in his marriage retreats about just the invitation of couples to pray together. And a lot of times like couples have never prayed together. And you said, even if you did something like really quick in the morning of just decided to pray and our father together intentionally and slowly, and then just ask each other, what's one thing I can pray for you today. And then just to bless each other out loud. And he said, mm-hmm. just that small moment of, you know, I think we could all, even if it felt really awkward at first, just to be like, yeah, I'm having a big meeting today. Can you pray for me? And then for the wife to say, you know, Lord, please bless my husband as he goes into this meeting, you know, may the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit be with him. It's like, everybody wants to be blessed. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody wants to be asked, like, what's important to you today? How can I pray for you? And it doesn't have to be long or drawn out. And I'm also thinking of like, we have so many grandmothers and grandfathers who listen to this podcast too, our moms and dads that have kids that are out of the house. And, 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 you know, you talk about the time that the Lord maybe is inviting you to deeper prayer and longer prayer. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's taking an hour of adoration at your local church or something where the time that you did have poured out in one area, you can pour another and you can be a powerful intercessor, a powerful Mm -hmm. warrior for your family, for your, for your church, for your community, for this world. And so there's never a season of our life that's wasted. Mm-hmm. It, it just so I think there's never a time where it's not convenient to pray in a sense of like oh there's no time or like it's not the time now it's just a matter of you know just listening and like in my own heart I'm saying that I'm okay Jesus you know what is what is the time now what are you asking of me now and because there's always time for intimacy there's always time for a relationship and and allowing that to to run its course through our hearts you know as the times of prayer like it's like when you go for a run like the first 10 minutes you it's okay and then like 10 minutes and you hate it <laughs> They're like, I hate this. I'm dying. And then, you know, all the, it's like your muscles are hurting and then you keep going. And I just, so that's the journey of the, of the spiritual life as well, of us growing Mm -hmm. through the dryness, through the distractions. We keep showing up like Father Timothy Gallagher says, just gently bring your mind back to Jesus. Just Mm. gently bring your mind back to Jesus. And we just keep going. And I think that's, that's really going to help us all this Lent, especially as well of, all right, Lord, you know, draw me in. Jesus, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Like, draw me into this. I want to grow. I want to grow in love of you. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I've said this on the podcast before, but it's one of my favorite, favorite catechism quotes where it says, Jesus is the only name that contains the presence it signifies. So when we say his name, mm-hmm. his presence is there mm-hmm. mysteriously but truly. And so that even has changed my prayer where I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like when you're really at your wits end, which let's be honest, that happens a lot. Um, that's what I pray. I'm like in my kitchen, I'm walking around, I'm doing laundry I, and I'm just saying the name of Jesus out loud. I mean, I'm crazy in my house. I, I don't care who knows it around here because really, I mean, that that's where I go. It's just like, I need you so badly. 
one of my favorite names for God is Emmanuel. He's with mm-hmm. us. And I have to be reminded of that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Like God is with me. I can do this. I can get through this. I can actually experience not just white knuckle it through, but experience joy and life. And Lord, let me see you here. Mm-hmm. And so I just say his name over and over again. Mm-hmm. And Heather, I love that. One of the things that I do for our new year is I put the different names of uh, Jesus or God in like a bowl, like so Emmanuel or Jehovah Jireh or El Shaddai or different ones and look up what they mean and have the kids in our family draw one. And my prayer for them is always that you see the Lord that way, like you experience his character and his nature that way this year. But one thing I was really convicted by, like in the last couple of weeks, and I think I told you this, sister, is like for me, my prayer has grown and is something that like a temp- contemplative prayer is a natural gift for me. Like it flows very easily. But what I realized is that I don't invite my husband and my kids into that prayer a lot, that they can often feel very, okay, that's mom's thing. Mm-hmm. Especially those of us that are have like deep thought lives and deep interior lives. Like <laughs> there's a lot that goes on in here. And I just assume that people know what's going on. And then, so I realized that I have to actually invite my family into parts of my prayer. I mean, not all of it, but like say, hey, and I was really even thinking about on a feast day a couple of days ago, it was the conversion of Paul. And I was thinking, do I allow my kids to hear where the Lord is still converting me? Like, hey, I'm really Mm -hmm. struggling with this, but this is where the Holy Spirit really convicted me of. Or, hey, Mm -hmm. like, and just to really show them like different parts of my own humanity. This is what I was praying about this morning. What do you think? Especially now that my kids are older, like my youngest is about to be 14. So we're in a totally different Mm -hmm. ballgame here, people. And Mm -hmm. so, but even still, like I was telling my little four-year-old neighbor, yeah, Jesus was telling me about patience the other day too. And he goes, really? I'm like, really? (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to wait your turn, dude. I totally get it. You want to push that kid off that swing. And so, but he's like, I didn't actually, but way to go. No, yeah, here we go. But it is. So inviting people into our story because it is good news. And I was really thinking like the gospel is good news. Do I share the good news with the people closest to me? Mm-hmm. with the people that I'm in life with. Because sometimes I think that we don't treat the gospel as good news. We treat it as like heavy news or doomsday news or whatever. But it isn't, it isn't good, but it is good because we have a Savior that is died to be in relationship with us and connect with us and a Father that adores us and looks at us with joy and a Holy Spirit that indwells within us and delights in us. And that is the good news. And He is working and He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So the heavy lifting is on him, not us. And that's really good news. Mm-hmm. Well, amen. 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 Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. So hopefully that'll just give everybody some food for thought and maybe a renewed, yeah, a renewed awareness of the love of God so we can enter more deeply into, into prayer, which is a great, yeah, it's a great place to be. So, all right, my dear friends, uh, shall we offer our... One thing for the week, Miss Heather, what would you like to offer? Well, I will put that book as one of my one things, just mm. that Bible that Maria's godfather got her when she was little because it's just been, so, it's borne so much fruit in her life. But also, I have a playlist called Soaking Worship Instrumental. And I listened to it the whole time I wrote my book. I, I listen to it when I'm just like, I need quiet prayer, but I'm distracted. And I, it, it's like not time to like worship out loud. You know, like I have times for that. I have different times for different things. So like in the afternoon when I'm making dinner or whatever, like that's my worship time and I'm going to sing and I'm going to whatever. But this is just instrumental. It's very subtle and it 
it for me, it helps me kind of get into the presence of God and then I can turn it off and be quiet. So that's my one thing, which I will give to you in the show notes. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Michelle? Mine is actually a book that Claire Dwyer, who actually wrote our last year, was the last year's Lenten study on Elizabeth mm-hmm. of the Trinity. She sent me a book called Jesus and You and Women by uh, Father Sergio M. Fita. And it is um, a book that contemplates the encounter of Jesus with the different feminine figures of the New Testament. And according to the methods of St. Ignatius of Loyola, it's spiritual exercises. But it also has commentary from Edith Stein. Like when when uh, Claire sent it to me, I was like, girl, like you are speaking my love language here. And I love people Mm -hmm. that send me books that I don't have or never heard of. So, yes, I will. And it's really beautiful. It is really such a great gift. You could like listen to Heather's soaking playlist as you read the book. Seriously. I think I can. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, sister? My one thing for the week is the Magnificat uh, magazine that helps me pray a lot. And so it's, if you don't, aren't familiar with it. It's a monthly, you know, little periodical that comes out. It has all the mass readings. I have been sad when I've lost it, Michelle, you've gone <laughs> searching for it many a time at Heather's women's retreat. One time I was almost beside myself many years ago, but it's got the mass readings in it. It's got a beautiful reflection by a saint. It's, it's just so wonderful. I, I love it. I, I, I literally do not leave home without it. So you can buy it per month. Or if you go to the website, I think it's magnificat.com. You can buy a yearly subscription. You get a substantial, substantial discount. You can also gift it to other people too. So maybe that's might something for your women's group you want to do is get a subscription and, you know, just Lexio Divina, read the, read the gospel and, and do a meditation on it. So it's got art in it. It's got all the things. It so. does. And it's always so good. And then I'm always torn after, like, do I keep it or do I throw it away yeah. after the month's <laughs> over? Because I was like, I don't want it, you know. But now every time I'm with sister in person, I'm like, did you remember your Magnificat? Like, don't lose I, it. It's true. I know. It's true. I don't. I wouldn't want to lose it. So, all right, dear friends, will we pray? We pray for you. And we just pray that the Lord would draw you more deeply into his own beautiful heart this week. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a Tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com 
slash abiding together podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.